The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Well, hello and welcome to Fearless Fabulous You. I am your host, Melanie Young, and I am so happy that you have joined me today, September 12, 2018. As you know, my goal is to help women of all ages make healthy choices to live a happier life. And I do that by providing my own inspiration as a certified health coach and a writer and author, as well as speaking with inspirational people who are experts in their field. Today, um, we actually have two different, completely type, different types of guests um, to appeal to different interests, but the same audience. In my first segment, we are going to discuss the benefits of meditation. Many of you may already have a meditation practice. Many of you may be thinking about it. Um, many of us are aware of the benefits, but maybe are having difficulty getting started. So I have a meditation practitioner for more than 30 years who will be discussing that and how it can help you not only at home, but also in your workplace. And in the second half of the show, we're going to completely switch gears, which I love to do sometimes. And I actually have a guest on from Ireland. She's uh, here in the United States right now, and she makes whiskey. Yes, she's a whiskey distiller, and there are a, a small but growing group of whiskey distillers, and there's a large but growing group of women who like whiskey. So um, because she's a kind of a cool entrepreneur and her whiskeys are kind of fun. I thought that'd be kind of a fun thing to do to learn about whiskey. But first, let's talk about meditation. So yesterday was the 17th anniversary of these terrorist attacks at the World Trade Center. And it was um, for many a day of, it's a, it should be a national day of public service. It's an incredible day of contemplation, especially for people like me who was uh, living in New York at the time and um, had been working with the restaurant that was destroyed when it was on the world who had been my client. So it really hit home in a very deep and personal way. Um, thankfully, I have learned that when um, moments in time are what we call stress triggers uh, hit. One of the best ways to dial down and reset is by taking some time out to meditate. And I found it to be a cleansing process um, to rid myself of uh, some of the ickies and nasties and nibblies that kind of gnaw at you. Um, and can really erode your focus, your your self-esteem, your confidence, your your clarity. Um, there are so many benefits um, that I don't know why everybody isn't meditating. But I'm going to hand this comment over to my guest. I'm going to set it up as an, uh, who she is. Her name is Catherine Kruger. She has practiced meditation for over 30 years. And she says it's helped her in all aspects of her life, from deepening her ability to concentrate to, to finding a place of peace and acceptance, and most importantly, to connect to the unchanging glowing ember of her inner self. She has a PhD in English in world literature, 
and has taught for 20 years, uh, most recently as, a, recently as an adjunct professor at Benedictine University in uh, Illinois. Um, she is uh, has written books on poetry and is also a poet and a freelance writer, and she is a sister breast cancer survivor. Congratulations, 10 years cancer-free. I'm in my ninth. And she is a member of the Science of Spirituality, where she says she first learned to meditate. And we'll talk about what the Science of Spirituality is. But first, I want to welcome to Fearless Fabulous You, Catherine Kruger. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here on your show and to connect with your audience. Catherine, give us a little bit about your own personal journey um, and a little bit about yourself and and ultimately why you decided to become a meditation practitioner. I find that everybody has their own personal reasons for what they do and maybe you were doing something before this, for example. Well, when I was, when I started meditating, I was, and it was kind of a, a new um, thing to do. It wasn't so accepted. There weren't medical studies on its benefits the way there are now. I mean, today you have doctors that will um, recommend or write a prescription for their uh, patients to practice meditation to help with um, their heart, um, their um psychological well-being, um, mm-hmm. and, and other aspects of their health. So when I was meditating, it was, uh, it was kind of strange. And uh, I loved to meditate. I loved getting into that silence. Um, when you're young, I was in my early 20s and um, not really sure what to do with myself in the world. And it just was like a timeout from the stressors of trying to figure everything out all at once. So I would often meditate during my lunch break uh, in my car because you didn't, uh, people didn't really, they always thought I was eating my lunch with my head down. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't realize what I was really doing. Well, um, it was really Oprah who has made it um, a world-renowned kind of uh, thing to do and way to get in touch with yourself and to heal yourself, body, mind, and soul. Oprah? Oprah meditates? Well, she started the talk, the discussion. I really don't know what she does in her personal uh. life. Uh. started the discussion of meditation uh, many years ago. And, um, you know, I'm a Chicago girl now, so that was kind of fun uh, to have my mother-in-law say to me, she thought it was such a strange girl liking to meditate and saying to me one day after she watched an Oprah show, you know, maybe you should sit here and teach me a little bit about how to meditate. I mean, I almost fell off the, off the chair. <laughs> Well, I'd like to, um, you know, a lot of people meditate. In fact, I, I heard and read that uh, George Stephanopoulos, Good Morning America host, meditates every morning. Um, so I found that, you know, th- there's more people than you realize who do meditate. Uh, let's talk about yeah. um, a couple of things. I'd like to start with the, the, the many benefits of meditation. And, and even I just, Chris Carr sent something out uh, this week about how even dogs meditate. I about died um, when I read that because I think my dog does. Um, I have a, I, there's many, many studies out there about the benefits. Let's start with how it preserves the aging brain because I think meditation and the brain connection are really, really important. 
Definitely. Although I'm not a scientist myself, there are a lot of studies about uh, how uh, meditation actually can change the brain mm-hmm. and create new connections between the different areas in the brain. Well, it, actually, it's for, true. It's UCLA did a study. I just pulled it up, um, Catherine. It says long-term meditators had better preserved brains and non-meditators as they aged. Yes. Yeah. And meditate, and they actually uh, did a study. I don't know which university did this, but a book came out um, about eight years ago, seven or eight mm-hmm. years ago, that talked about how the actual they measured a study group of people learning to meditate and sh- saw actual changes in one area of their brain that was the area that um, kind of dealt with impulses. And also, um, it affected the memory part of the brain. So it definitely has an actual physiological effect on one's um, body. Absolutely. And um, it can help also with concentration, uh, and which is really, really important. And it says meditation, one of the studies at Harvard found meditation may lead to volume changes in key areas of the brain. Uh, which is kind of interesting. So anyone who says anyone who says there are activated blobs in the brain doesn't mean you know it. Basically, it makes you feel less blobby. Now, I also read <laughs> in this same article about. Now, I think this is really important. The meditation can help with anxiety, which many uh, people are experiencing now, and also addiction. So the two big A's right now: anxiety and addiction. And the third would be alcoholism, which is addiction. You know, th- that's pretty major because it seems like a large majority of the people in the United States are either anxious or addicted or both. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, what I understand about the mental stress that happens that drives people to some of these um, destructive behaviors mm-hmm. is something that happens when we are in a stressful situation, which uh, is called like a fight or flight mode. Mm-hmm. And certain... Um, um, I don't have the the research in front of me right now, but there's there we release um, some kind of a stressor chemical to help us in that situation that was developed, you know, at the beginning of the human you know existence when we were coming into being. And meditation, what it does is it allows us to pause and not go into that destructive fight or flight mode, which we don't need to be in all the time. And we're constantly bombarded by things that stress us Mm -hmm. outside of our lives in the news. And then with our own thoughts, we often, our own thoughts can be very self-destructive. We're not kind to ourselves. We keep thinking about a fight or something that happened in our life, and we keep replaying it and and hurting ourselves with our thoughts. And meditation, what that does is it gives us an opportunity to redirect our attention into something positive that's within us all the time. It's not something we have to buy at the store. It's not something that Mm -hmm. uh, someone has to give us. It's already within us. Meditation is the tool to get back to that center. We have it within us to to heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we're not going to get sick but to to heal our emotional lives, to heal our hearts, and to find our connection to our highest self. 
So listen, ladies, you know, don't go buy shoes and spend money. Meditate. It costs less. Um, right? <laughs> For the same. Well, I think I mean, shoes are important. Go buy shoes. Well, I do too. I do like shoes. Because you want to do them consciously because you want to. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, I, I Before we get into, I also want to, another area I want to discuss before we get into your own personal experience of meditation and helping people decide, you know, helping people start a practice. Um, I read that meditation can be very effective in the workplace. Everybody right now is into workplace wellness and creating balance um, and workplace wellness programs are becoming very popular. I know I work in the food and beverage industry in my, in my other life and oh my God, everybody's into it. Um, and promoting it, give a, give me some, give us some ideas of how it has been proven effective and, um, in your experience. Well, in my experience, meditation in the workplace just makes us all better, um, uh, coworkers mm-hmm. and it doesn't, you often we think of people meditating, they're meditating for hours at a time or a half an hour or 45 minutes or, or, Times some kind of unrealistic stretch of time during the day when you are at work, but just taking five minutes out, just taking ten minutes out, just sitting. Um, you know, if if you live in an area where you can sit outside for five minutes and just close your eyes and calm yourself, focus within, um, and you'll find that not only are you more calm, but you're kind of broke through those patterns of whatever the stressors are of the day, then you're kinder to yourself, you're kinder to your coworkers, they respond to you because if we are peaceful, if we are joyous, Mm -hmm. and I'm not talking about jumping out of our skin joy, but that inner joy, that inner peace, then we affect everyone around us. And that creates a much better working environment. It also, by our attention, the more we focus our attention, the more we understand why we're reacting to the stressors around us. We see more clearly and truthfully, are we being sabotaged or are we sabotaging someone? Meditation helps us understand what our own motives are and helps us come to terms with how we can deal with our own insecurities or, or needs and, and how we can better interact with the people around us. That's the outer form of meditation. I think the bigger part is connecting mm-hmm. to our spirit to, or our soul, to our spiritual side, because that it's from our spiritual side that our, our thoughts and our words and our deeds really um, manifest from. So when we're in touch with that part of ourselves, everything else follows. Uh, in good order, and we're good citizens um, of the little place in this world that we find ourselves in. Well, Catherine, that that leads to an interesting segue, that comment, because you um, are a member of the Science of Spirituality, where you you say you first learned to meditate in 1981, and I want to discuss this in a minute, to set that up. Where I want to go with this is, um, much like yoga, I practice yoga, and there are different styles of yoga, right? There's Ashtanga, there's Kundalini, there's Vinyasa, Iyengar, blah, blah, blah. In, you know, meditation, you said the word, get in touch with your spirituality. Are there different forms, like there is in yoga, of meditation? 
yoga has many different, just as yoga has many different forms, so does meditation. Okay. However, ultimately, I think it all leads to the same place. So there are different ways in which we sit in silence. And people from certain um, backgrounds may think of meditation as prayer with attention or silent prayer or prayer without thought um, and or sitting in silence. That's one way of talking about meditation. And then there are many others. There's walking meditation. There's chanting meditation. There are many different expressions to connect with oneself and with the world. So, so are part of this great, you know, fabric of existence. So we want to connect with that, reconnect uh, with life around us as we connect within ourselves. I don't know if I'm making that much sense, but I hope you cut part of this. <laughs> you are making sense. I do want to say you faded in. I don't know about your connection. You're fading in and out a bit. So um, just be aware of that. Um, I'm curious. I A lot of people say... Um, I, I don't have time to meditate. I don't think I can focus long enough. I'm going to get distracted and start doing a to-do list. Um, you know, everybody says a lot of self-defeating reasons why they cannot meditate. We've talked about some of the many reasons why you should meditate for health reasons. Let's talk about how you can learn to meditate and have a practice what are some steps that um you should take someone should take if they have all those self-doubts and we need to turn those cans into can can do's oh definitely and everyone can meditate everyone uh, can learn to enjoy meditation i think sitting in silence for some people can be very overwhelming because they haven't been doing it for a very long time. When they were younger, they did. But we've retrained ourselves to be very social and to be very highly distractible. And meditation is cutting us off from all of our distractions. And so that can be very unsettling at first. And it's like all of a sudden you're on an island by yourself. Some people run to that island or learn to enjoy that peace, that sanctuary of non-interaction with the world outside. There is a threshold crossing where you have to cross over from being uh, very connected to disconnecting. And you're disconnecting yourself not only from, you know, activities, but you're sitting quietly in silence and you're withdrawing your, your focus through your, you know, you're generally closing your eyes. You're not looking around. You generally are in a quiet place, so you're not listening to anything. You're not speaking to somebody and you're not reaching out and holding hands with somebody. You're really isolating yourself in that, in, that, in that time of meditation. And for some people, that's like, wow, you know, that's, I'm not used to doing that you know, unless they're going to go to sleep or something. Because what you're doing is you're doing it in, with intention. So do it you know, ask somebody who really wants the benefits of meditation, wants to increase their brain mass, wants to have... A, a more um, lead a more intentional life and started at five minutes a day, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, 
meditation isn't just zoning out. Meditation is actually sitting with intention, with integrity, having a goal in your meditation to sit for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, move up to a half an hour, make half an hour your goal. I can tell you and you can tell the audience the benefits of meditation or yoga. Ultimately, we each have to experience that for ourselves. And based on what our needs are, different experiences are going to be more meaningful to us. So I focus on, hey, you know, it's really great for me connecting to my inner self. Um, I, I think I wrote that glowing ember of my inner self. But what does that mean to somebody else? You know, you have to experience it yourself. Maybe for some people, just being able to lower their heart rate through meditation, that is a fabulous goal. People, you know, so you can Mm -hmm. ultimately get off your, your blood pressure medicine. That's fantastic. And maybe that's the goal you start with. Maybe that spiritual aspect of your meditation isn't even something you really wanted to think about right now. Or it's maybe not a thought that, that, you know, um, gives you any kind of um, hook. But meditation has so many benefits just on the physical and emotional level. It heals us of our pain and our turmoil, our emotional pain. So maybe that's the goal. But we do it in slow steps, baby steps, but always with intention. Make a little journal for yourself. Take a few, say, okay, I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes at this time of day. And regularity, by the way, is very important. Because our mind, that which drives us out into the world and helps us in so many ways, is really habitual. So what you're doing in meditation, you're learning a new habit. I'm sure when you started yoga, you would sometimes have to wrestle yourself into your outfit and into the car, into the yoga studio. But probably right now, you have it, your yoga stuff in your car and you're ready <laughs> to go. And you know when you want to go. But it wasn't, you weren't always that way, right? And meditation is the same way. You have a goal, you have a time, you have a place, you create that habit, and then it just becomes a natural expression of your life. Exactly. And I I think it's really important. I learned that from a really good friend many, many years ago when I was having trouble carving out time to exercise and I was very stressed out and putting on weight. And my friend said, you just need to, you know, make it your health a priority, which is now my mantra, and you need to m- make that workout time, or you could substitute meditation time, as important as brushing your teeth. And when I rethought okay. it that way and realized, well, I brush my teeth in the morning and the evening, I thought, okay, I'll exercise in the morning and, and before I go to bed. And that, that kind of was the game changer for me when I rethought that. And I think that for anyone listening, you have to think about that in terms of meditation. I think what's really important also to understand is that it's not like it's, it's you know, you hear about people who like chant and meditate for hours. You talk about, um, Catherine, like five minutes here. You talk about getting a meditation practice going in your car at lunch. I actually read, heard about you can walk. Like I become meditative uh, as I take long walks and just kind of let my yeah, mind go. It's you can you can move and meditate, right? You don't have to be sitting in one Absolutely. spot. Right. right. That's definitely that's definitely a form of meditation, mm-hmm. and um, that's not the meditation I practice. But any kind of meditation, I believe, changes ourselves and changes the world. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that, that you know the calmer people and the better leaders out there, and it'd be interesting to see. And I'm going to do a little research on that. What what business leaders and world leaders meditate? I'd be curious to see who has a practice versus who doesn't, and see how they lead. Um, before we go, I want to also make sure I ex- uh, let people know um, what what it, tell us about the science of spirituality. Where is it located? Well, we have centers all over the world, and mm-hmm. I'm practicing here in the Chicagoland area. We have mm-hmm. a, a big center in the New York, um, uh, Long Island area, and mm-hmm. we have uh, smaller groups uh, scattered throughout the country and, and really all over the world. And we, have, uh, we always give free meditation workshops in our community. Uh, mm-hmm. Meditation can change our lives, and we believe that that's a public service. So we, we, if you go on www.sos.org, mm-hmm. You will see our very beautiful website, and you can find a location in a meditation class um, near you. And uh, the kind of meditation we practice is meditation with attention, with attention in silence. And uh, we um, meditate um, at by focusing our attention, which we consider the outward expression of our soul. So. What we do and what we think all day is ultimately who we are and and what we're radiating. Meditation helps us bring our attention back to that center within ourselves. We call it the third eye, the single eye behind and between Mm -hmm. the eyebrows, which is sort of like the, in in even yoga, they'll call it the seat of the soul. It's where you just kind of rest your attention and you get a lot of energy, rejuvenation, peace, and and um, exp- and and um, a beautiful feeling that after your meditation stays with you for hours. It would be really good if you tried our practice of meditation, which you can find on our website mm-hmm. again, sos.org, and try to get reached to a half an hour. That is where everything really comes together. You sit. Uh, when your mind wanders, you bring it back with a, a mantra of your choice to, that you that you do not say out loud, but mm-hmm. in the tongue of thought. That mantra itself is just a way to focus the mind that's kind of chattering and kind of thinking about the past and the future. It helps bring our attention back to the center while we gaze within, and that dark in that inner darkness, ultimately we begin to have see pinpoints of light and lights of different colors and that kind of helps also draw us deeper into our own self and our practice really takes off from there. So I think that's a really great way to to summarize everything, Catherine, and I appreciate that. So for all of you out there who haven't tried it, you know, find a quiet place. Let's take it down to steps. Find a quiet, find a time of the day that works. Set a goal for an initial time. Uh, with the as you said, try to strive for thirty minutes, but you may want to start with five and move up to it, much like an exercise program. You know, you you can't do it all. You know, find a space that works for you, mm-hmm. whether it's outdoors, your car, a quiet room, but somewhere where there's no distractions, no phones, no computers, um, music. Yes, no music. What do you think? Well, uh, no, because what we're trying to do ultimately in meditation, is we want to connect within ourselves. We don't need 
at this is the time where we're not thinking about the world. We're not hearing sounds from the world. We're not seeing the beautiful sights of the world. We're focusing within ourselves. Great there point. There is a universe within ourselves that is, is so powerful, and it's part of who we are as human beings. And meditation is saying, okay, I'm going to spend some time with myself, within myself, and discover who I am in that time. Got it. Well, I think that's a really great point because some people think um, you have music, and I'll be honest with you, I cannot stand it when I go to, you know, group meditation sessions. Some of the famous people, the Oprah-type people have had them at their conferences, and then they're just going on and on, and they're droning, and, I, you know, I actually don't want people to talk so much, when whether it's yoga or meditation. I don't think, I, you know, it's like I'm there to be quiet, and all the teacher or the practitioner does is talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's me personally, <laughs> but it drives me nuts because um, I'm I like, <laughs> I want to be quiet because I do <laughs> believe the whole point is to be quiet and be inside of yourself. And I don't need to be instructed. Right. Um, Catherine, it's been exactly we need is within ourselves. We don't need exactly. someone else to tell us what to experience. We need to experience it ourselves. And we can. Or as I'd like to say, I'm trying to get away from my inner voice, and I don't need an outer voice to help me get into my inner voice, and that's going to be my next blog. (laughs) Catherine, thank you very much for joining me today on Fearless Fabulous You and illustrating how meditation could be a part of your life, and congratulations again on being a 10-year survivor of breast cancer. Uh, Way to go. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being with you. Have a wonderful uh, day. Okay, and we're going to take a short break and we're going to be back and we're going to talk about whiskey. How you feel about this? Do it I want if I wanna live. I worked hard and sacrificed to get what I get. Ladies, it ain't easy being independent. Question, how'd you like this knowledge that I brought? Bragging on that cash that he gave you as the front. If you're gonna brag, make sure it's your money you front. Depend on no one else to give you what you want. listening to Fearless Fabulous You on the Women for Women Network. And of course, all my shows are podcasts anytime, anywhere on iHeart.com and the free iHeart app. And of course, I'm Melanie, I'm your host, and I want to remind you that my books are available on Amazon and 
MelanieYoung.com, my blog, and anywhere great books are sold. They're getting things off my chest, a survivor's guide to staying fearless and fabulous in the face of breast cancer, like my last guest, Catherine Kruger, a 10-year survivor. And my second book, which this show is named after, is Fearless, Fabulous You, Lessons on Living Life on Your Terms, which is my five pathways to face a setback, reframe it, release all the toxic negative energy that came from it and retool and reclaim life on your terms, no matter what happened. So many of you know that I have another show called The Connected Table Life, which I co-host with my husband, David, Wednesdays at 2 on W4CY Radio, podcast to iHeart. And we do this because we do a lot of work in the wine and food world. And we both are writers. Uh, and I just wrote an article about bourbon because it's Bourbon Heritage Month. And in the process of this, I love, uh, I'm researching an article about whiskey because I think whiskey is, as I learned, <laughs> Um, bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskeys are bourbon, but whiskey is a big, broad term for a brown spirit. And there are many kinds of whiskeys around the world. And what's really interesting is a lot of women in the United States like to drink whiskey. And what's even more interesting is there are a lot of women who are making it or running distilleries around the world. And we happen to have one here with us today. Uh, she is Jennifer Nickerson, and she is a co-proprietor of... Tipperary Boutique Distillery in Ireland. It's a single malt Irish whiskey. Uh, I've been to Ireland. I actually have a cousin who's from Ireland by marriage. And I have two of her samples in front of me. Um, and she's been traveling in the United States spreading the gospel. So we're going to talk about whiskey today and what it's like to be a woman distiller. Jennifer Nickerson, welcome to Fearless Fabulous You. Hi, it's so nice to be on. How are you? I'm very good. Um, Jennifer, welcome. I'm very intrigued about your story. You grew up in Scotland, somewhere I'm dying to go for New Year's. And your dad worked with um, scotch distilleries. What was his, what was that all about? And how did that, how did that affect you? Um, So my dad has worked all over Scotland in lots of different distilleries. He's worked for at least 40 years in the Scotch whisky industry next year, and he's managed, um, for any of your listeners that are into their Scotch whiskies, he's managed Highland Park, Glenfiddich, Balvenie, Glenglassup, lots of different Scotch distilleries. And we've always lived beside distilleries as I was growing up, so um, there's my mum hates me to tell the story, but when I was a baby and went to fall asleep, she used to roll me out my pram as they were in the warehouse so I would fall asleep. Well, did, was, were you nipping as a young child? Would your dad give you a few nips <laughs> to shut you up? My dad did when I had a cold. He would give me some nips. Um, oh, you know? hot whiskey is what they thing in my house. Um, a hot whiskey and a little bit of honey for a sore throat, and then we'd be straight to sleep. Thank you. My dad used to do the same thing. He would give me rock and rye, but sometimes he'd give me a little Tennessee whiskey or bourbon, and he'd put a little honey and lemon in it and say, drink it. And it would put me to sleep, and it would really help with the cold. I still do that when I'm not feeling so great. Um, me too. <laughs> I'm curious. You, um, Tipperary is an Irish whiskey. There are a lot of whiskeys out there. There's And, and scotch is a whiskey. And bourbon is a whiskey, and then there's Tennessee whiskey, uh, and then there's different kinds. Let's define 
whiskey for our listeners um, and then differentiate the different kinds of whiskey? So whiskey is pretty much a spirit that has um, been made from various types of grain and then it is matured in a wooden barrel for a particular period of time. And that brown spirit, that color that comes from the wood, that's whiskey. Um, over here in the U.S., lots of whiskies are matured for two years plus. Um, mm-hmm. In Scotland and Ireland, we have to mature them for at least three years. Um, it's a bit colder in Scotland and Ireland, so maturation can be a little bit slower. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously there's whiskies that are much, much older. And then we tend to use different grains as well. So in the U.S. here, like rye whiskey is common or um, corn. Whereas over with us in um, Ireland and in Scotland, we have lots of barley. Um, so all the single malt whiskey you see, that's all from 100% barley. And we mm-hmm. also have uh, wheat in our grain whiskey. And so those are probably the two, the two main differences are the kind of um, the age, the minimum age and the grains that we use to make them. Well, I know with bourbon, it has to be um, at least 51% corn. Many use 60-80%. And then you can add in um, barley, wheat, or rye. Um, And the water is important, too, uh, as well. How is it, in terms of the type of whiskey you make, how does the water affect? What is the water like? I know, like like I said, just in article bourbon, it's like limestone limestone washed water streams (laughs) 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 Ireland I've only been once and and tell us where you're located too Um, so we're in Tipperary which is uh, south of Ireland so we're about roughly halfway between Cork or Dublin and so if someone's flying into Cork or into Dublin we, we should be on your travel list we're right in the middle um, our water tends to be it's really heavy limestone and temporary as well so it's um, it's quite hard water and that contrasts with Scotland which tends more towards soft water and as, as you said there it has a huge impact on the type of the spirit that you have coming off the stills um, and, and how it's going to and how that tastes afterwards Actually, your website, uh, tipperarydistillery.ie, says Tipperary is home to world-famous water. And it is. There's a, there's a brand, Tipperary Water. We are, it's a huge thing with us, um, which is, is fantastic because, as you know yourself, um, the, the main ingredients for whiskey are water, grain, and yeast. yeast. And I am married to a farmer, mm-hmm. so he's... Um, he makes grows all the grain for us, so we're we're a hundred percent on that part. We have incredible water, and then the only other ingredient is yeast to make whiskey. And then the type of barrels that you age it in. Do you have to use age in a certain type of barrel, like you know? Oh, exactly. So there's there's a distillation as well, um, mm-hmm. which is where yeah. my father comes in and then choosing the barrels. And he's, my, my father is a virtue in the barrels as well because he has, I, I always think that's an art and he has years of experience in doing that. Um, so like we've got the raw ingredients are perfect. Um, and then we have, luckily we have my dad Stuart on board to do the kind of what I consider the art of making whiskey. 
So there's a distiller's hand, and 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 what kind of um, distillation do you use? Copper pot or something else? Oh, copper. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Everything everything we do is copper. So mm-hmm. we are at the stage just now where we are our stills are just landing. Um, so the whiskies you have there are part of our Tipperary Boutique selection whiskies, mm-hmm. which means that um, we are independently bottling barrels that we've sourced from various Irish distilleries. And what we've been doing for the last couple of years is laying down our own stock from the barley that we've mm-hmm. grown and mm-hmm. um, distilling that in copper stills. What's the benefit of copper? It's the reaction. So when you're distilling... Um, the spirit comes up and there's reflux back to the still again and there's a reaction with copper. And so mm-hmm. that all imparts, um, that's all imparting on the nature of the spirit that you get at the end. And so it's, it's really, um, we, we did have a look at some other stills and I've seen a few other stills uh, when we were considering the ones that we were putting in. But my dad's always been really, really strong on having 100% copper stills, um, copper line arms, everything mm-hmm. being copper, so that that reaction with the copper is going on all the way through the distillation process. It's a much bigger investment to have a copper pot. I mean, they're beautiful, but they're also, you know, expensive, huge investment. Um, now, this is a family operation. Um, mm-hmm. You, Stuart, is Stuart your... How are you all related? Okay, Stuart, your dad. Um, Just want to make okay. And Liam is Liam Ahern is. He's my husband. Okay, so I'm just trying to get it all looped in here. Um, So this is a real small family operation, right? Oh, tiny, yes. How yeah, tiny is it? I mean, give us an idea. I mean, because, okay, let me listen to everybody, ladies. We're talking with someone who is, is doing, I would say, craft versus large-scale volume. So many of the Irish whiskeys that you see on the supermarket, if you sell them in your state or liquor shop, are, are higher volume, right? Yours is small. Um, how, what is your production? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're tiny. Mm-hmm. So our production is... Um, Batches just now are less than 1,800 bottles in every mm-hmm. batch. And then we have, um, like, so we're releasing a protein this year, which is um, made from barley that we do ourselves. And that's less than 600 bottles in the batch. <laughs> so everything we do is really, really small. Uh, really, really, and, and and I think that's really great. Yeah. I mean, you're basically a family operation. You have a family farm. You make gold, and you you grow golden barley. Is the barley used for anything other than whiskey? The malting barley we grow, no. Um, we retrofitted a shed on the farm this year, so we can store barley there and um, build up a little bit of a buffer, so that if we have a bad year, so this year was a bad year for us. Uh, we had a heat wave, Ooh. which meant that we, um, it was fantastic for me, uh, not quite so much with the grain. Um, so the grain was planted late. Uh, we didn't get any uh, rain for about five weeks after it planted. And then it it ripened very quickly because of the sun and the heat. And so it was harvested then about three weeks early, which meant that our production this year on grain was down by around 50%. Uh, wow. which which isn't great, but now that we've built a shed and we're building up somewhat of a buffer, it means that we can be a bit more consistent um, 
over the year rather than relying on what we're getting in that specific year. Well, so, you know, for those listening, it's not too different than like the wine world, you know, with the, with the harvest, the grape harvest, and some harvests are deeply affected by rain and hail and frost and you name it. And this year in Europe, it's been yeah. in some areas. So that's a challenge. And and I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, they may think it more with wine, but with whiskey, it really does start with a plant. <laughs> It is a plant, <laughs> and it is it is a plant-based product, and and I don't think a lot of people register that as they do with wine, uh, and they should. I mean, you really should. So you um, you are you you you're not the distiller. Your dad is. You you you're one of the um, proprietors of the company, and and you obviously are traveling to introduce the brand to the United States and elsewhere. How many distilleries? in Ireland, much less the UK, um, are run by women? Um, in Ireland, none. <laughs> there's, there's, very, there's one whiskey business I can think of, one other whiskey business I can think of that is run by a woman as they are, um, they're, they're bonding barrels. So when our stills are running by the end of the year, we will be the only whiskey business in Ireland that's run by a woman. Um, there's there's one I think in Scotland as well, which I the name is escaping me, but there's one other one in Scotland. So it's although women are a big part of the industry, you'll find mm-hmm. like I speak to women every day in various roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have great palates. They're involved in a lot of food pairings with whiskey and the blending process, um, and and lots and lots of different roles. There's very few. Um, whiskey companies actually run by women. Hmm. Do you feel somebody just released a wine? I am not going to say the brand, um, but they quote designed it for a woman's palate. This is a big company. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, do you, I, I'm going to reserve my thoughts, but what are your thoughts about quote a woman's palate and products being made for the woman's palate? Uh, I I just don't understand why drinks need to be um, gentrified. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I know so many women who drink whiskey um, and are into all different types of whiskey. So are into bourbon, or who are into um, big peated Scotch whiskies, or into um, lighter, easier drinking. Um, Irish whiskies are, I just, I do not understand why you would make something for a woman's palate. And I don't really understand what a woman's palate is meant to be. I'm really glad that I actually don't, I don't know which brand it was. And so I'm like, I'm not um, going to say because I, yeah. I, they're spending a lot of money, not with me, and and their big marketing campaign, um, and mm. and and I suggested if they're going to reach a woman, I'm a great way, but I I don't personally think it's I don't like the idea of marketing to a quote woman's palette. It's like the same thing when people make things pink, thinking I'll buy it. It's like come on, you know. Yeah. Um, I I I, I, I think it's, it's crazy, right? I was just going to say I think it's crazy because. Like, I spend so much time, um, we do spend a lot of time at events where we're going that mm-hmm. women can drink whiskey, it's it's a big category, but lots of women enjoy it, and the more events I do that are 
um, with women there, the more that we kind of find women coming over and they're appreciating Husky and they're really getting into it. And I find it a little bit condescending for someone to go, here, here's right. one that you might like. Um, and you're kind of going, what's wrong with the rest of the category? Why don't we just let people explore it in the same way? Exactly. Um, well, we're on the same page with that. I want to make sure before um, we have about a minute and a half left, we talk about your whiskeys. I have two samples here, the Knock Meal Downs, 10-year-old, and the Watershed. You have three. Mm-hmm. And I found them to be very uh, very pleasant on the palate, not a lot of burn, which is always an issue mm-hmm. with some whiskeys, and very soft. Um, talk to us about the, your, your temporary style. Um, they are they're, they're both very... T- for the watershed, the more traditional Irish whiskey, it's very light, easy drinking, approachable whiskey. Mm-hmm. We use ex bourbon barrels for both of those expressions. Mm-hmm. So we put the, the spirit has been matured in barrels that previously held mm-hmm. bourbon. And okay. if you're into bourbon, you'll recognize all that honey, that vanilla, right. that sweetness coming through. Okay. And then the Noxville Dying is an older whiskey, so it's 10 years old. Right, um, and you're getting all those sweet flavors kind of mellowing and um, softening a little bit. So the sweet vanilla is almost turned into a chocolate mm-hmm. flavor in the mouth, and then you'll get a bit more of that wood pepper kick at the end. Well, you know, I, um, I the, the ones I have, they're delicious. There's a third one called, we don't have time to discuss it, but it's called um, The Rising. And uh, for those of you who'd like more information, you can visit... Um, uh, Tipperary Distillery, T I P P E R A R Y Distillery. I E. That's Ireland. Uh, Jennifer Nickerson, thank you for joining me today on Fearless Fabulous You. Thank you so much for having me. And for all of you, stay curious, live fabulously, and fearlessly. Thank you. Yeah. 